0: Welcome to episode 11 of It's All in the Roses, a podcast where two astrology enthusiasts break down all the loving, fighting, and rose-giving of the franchise.
1: This week, we're doing an astrological deep dive on the biggest bachelor breakups. I'm Susie. And I'm Kristen, and it's time to look toward the stars.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to week 11 of roses. Hello. How are you KP? Ah, Good. How are you doing Susie? I'm good. I'm really looking forward to this time. I feel like I've had a couple of like really long weeks. I'm excited to talk batch. Um, Quickly before we get into the meat of today's episode, just our quick social media check-ins You can follow us on Twitter at It's All Roses, on Instagram at It's All in the Roses. And you can email us anything you'd like at Roses at gmail.com. Also, we are on all sorts of podcast um, platforms. You can find us on Spotify, on Anchor, find us on Apple Podcasts. Podcast. If you guys have been enjoying the show, we'd love it for you to rate us and to also rate us. As we say each week, each episode, Kristen and I are not astrology enthusiasts. No, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen and I are not astrology <laughs> experts. We are enthusiasts. And the book we often reference in our episodes is called "The Only Astrology Book You'll Ever Need" by Joanna Martine Woolfolk, and it is our main source unless otherwise stated. All readings we do on contestants are also only based on their sun sign, unless otherwise stated. We're going to move right into our Virgo and Gemini moves of the week. KP, what's been going on Virgo-wise?
1: Well, right now I'm really excited because we're actually going to be talking about a lot of Virgos in today's topic. But as for my Virgo move of the week, so I am very into searching compatibility between signs. I mean, mm-hmm. we've all, I don't know, maybe this is just certain weirdos like us. But if I have a crush on someone, I'm definitely going to, like, look up the compatibility and just oh, see how 100%. it is in the stars.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's one of the first things I try to figure out, like, mm-hmm. hmm, what sign is he? Yeah.
1: So, I, I we mentioned this in your earlier episode, actually, um, over the summer but I was listening to a podcast interview with Michael Zegan, who's on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and in it, he talked about being a Pisces. And this week, I listened to that interview again, so that it sent me back down the Michael Zegan <laughs> wormhole. And it turns out Virgo and Pisces have a really good compatibility, and they're considered a good match because they're both in tune with their emotions, and they value communita- communication and intellect. So our book actually kind of frowns upon the pairing and <laughs> says that disillusion would set in, but other sources say differently. So like Susie was saying with our disclaimer, just because one source says that a sign would react one way, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the BL end all.
0: Yeah. That, that's why I, prior to beginning our recording today, Kristen and I briefly talked about how we chose this book as like our mm-hmm. sole source. Um, so maybe in future episodes, we'll start incorporating like other articles or things we find. And we'll definitely make sure um, to specify where we're getting our information from. As we continue to learn about all things Zodiac. Yes. Um, my gem move of the week is a pretty classic one. I'm going on a trip this week. Whoa! Whoa. Oh, everyone, I feel like it's been a <laughs> while been a while that I've been on a plane and um I mean I didn't buy tickets for this trip this week it was probably like two or three weeks ago Uh, a friend of mine who lives in Portland sent me a little gift through mail and she sent me a postcard and it said she was like oh I hope this like postcard she sent me a couple of them she was like I hope this is inspiration for you to come out to portland so i texted her like thanks so much for the gift i'll like make it out there someday and then a couple weeks passed and i was like maybe maybe that time is now i literally like i thought about it that day um checked flights priced everything out texted her like hey do these days work for you yeah fine i had the trip booked in like three hours wow so that it, it came together pretty quickly and then it was only like Maybe like two or three weeks ago that I bought it. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm excited for change of pace, change of scenery, change of people. Northwest.
1: I'm
0: really excited. I've never been on the west coast at all.
1: Yeah, and northwest is like wow, wow. Yeah, especially in the fall, that'll be beautiful. I know. I hope it doesn't rain. Like, oh yeah it might do a that
0: <laughs> all weekend but my friend yeah. was like don't worry we'll, we'll make sure to still get out there and if it does rain there's still like beer and coffee lots of coffee and, shops
1: with lots of bearded baristas
0: exactly <laughs> and like thrift shopping maybe there's some cool like boutiques we'll see I'll report back yes. next episode uh, okay, move <laughs> we'll, we'll move right into Bachelor Nation broadcast. So a couple of quick items um, in this two week period. The first is the Bachelor Live tour. This is a sixty six city tour that is being co hosted by former Bachelorette Becca Kufrin and former Bachelor Ben Higgins. Um, it's beginning February thirteenth in Mesa, Arizona. And both Becca and Ben are going to introduce local bachelors to the city they're visiting in and have local women on stage kind of make it like a shortened version of a bachelor season. They do have a New York City date, and Kristen and I are probably going. Probably. probably.
1: We should probably, chance. like, make that
0: solid because
1: I don't know what the demand on this is like. Agreed. So... Yeah.
0: It's in March, so we have some time. We have time. Um, and yeah, Becca Ben. Love Becca Ben. So <laughs> Becca Ben. Becca Ben, B&B. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll probably be there. It's exciting. Let us know if you plan on going or what your thoughts on this type of tour mini-season thing are. Maybe yeah. we
1: should nominate each other
0: to be contestants <laughs> <laughs> in the New York <laughs> show. <laughs> Um, one, you would die of embarrassment. I would. I think I would die of embarrassment. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder what that process is even like. Yeah. We should look into it just for fun. Probably. I feel like we probably wouldn't get picked. <laughs> yeah, we probably, probably not. not. Um, next item up is a pretty sad one. Um, a paradise favorite couple of ours. Taysha and JPJ are no more. They have officially announced their breakup. Oh, and we wanted to bring this up today because there was like a little beef going on with JPJ saying that he moved out to LA um, to be with Taysha, And Taysha on Bachelor Happy Hour, is that the name of the podcast? Yeah. The um, which Rachel's show? Rachel yeah, it was originally Becca? Rachel
1: and Allie Fedotowski, but now it's just Rachel and then Becca was just on that episode on. as a guest as well.
0: They had Taysha on as well as an, another guest. And Tayshia, um really spoke to the fact that JPJ actually moved out to LA to pursue a career in acting, apparently. <laughs> which is so interesting. I just can't picture it at all. And, you know, she really spoke to the fact that after these seasons, you know, the contestants just are, they receive all these different kinds of opportunities, you know? Yeah. And with, with the people we have in Bachelor Nation right now that are the 20-somethings, it's exciting. Um, even if you're in like a certain career path, you're not super established. So right now is the time when you have the flexibility to move around and pursue all these different things. So she just wanted to really point out that that was certainly a big factor in him moving out and that she shouldn't be getting like any backlash for the breakup but yeah Um, they seem like they're still friendly I don't think she said it it, like meaning any with any ill fate you know
1: yeah I think some reports just got a little out of hand and really selling the angle of them as a happy couple and I think JP
0: just kind of goes along with it honestly (laughs) true And, you know, they, uh, long distance. It was, like, mega long distance Mm -hmm. for them.
1: Like, as far as it possibly could be in the continental U.S.
0: (laughs) Literally. And Taisha, prior to this relationship, had also been in another long distance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you just can't live your life that way. Continuing in the same vein, another Paradise fave couple, Demi and Christian, have also called it quits broken up so Demi and Christian actually both posted these black and white photos on Instagram same caption everything um not really mentioning why or what what really caused the breakup um but just kind of talking about how throughout their time on paradise they had chosen to be very open and transparent about the status of their relationship etc so they just wanted to, like, come out and say, like, hey, we're not together anymore. Love this little quote that they included towards the end of their statements. We will forever be proud of the impact our love story has made and hope it has helped others feel more accepted and confident within themselves. We hope it reminded others they aren't alone and don't need to be ashamed of who they are. Which is, like, it really speaks to the essence of their relationship and, like, the message they brought across. So
1: it was Yeah. Cute. I know there was a lot of speculation before they announced this, that they had already broken up, and it was kind of like all of that speculation from Paradise airing about Demi purposely bringing Christian on to stage this story, and regardless of that, I think it's sweet that they acknowledge that this storyline did mean something to people. I've read that people in the LGBT community actually have kind of mixed feelings about it, but... You know, I think it does mean something to someone out there, so. Yeah.
0: Also wishing them the best. In most recent Bachelor Nation broadcast news, Hannah Brown last night was People's Choice Award winner of competition cont- contestant. Woo! Um, so this category was super weird because, like, anything can qualify as a competition from... RuPaul's Drag Race to Duff's Cooking Show to, like, freaking America's Got Talent stuff like that. But Hannah was up against fellow Batch Nation members Colton and Tyler C. Mm. Um, She won and got up there and was, like, super sweet and super earnest and just so Hannah. And she just talked about being a girl from Alabama, you know, kind of played that whole angle. And it was cute. I loved it.
1: I loved the camera's frantic search for Tyler after (laughs) she won. Well, they were all at the same table, her and Tyler and Colton. So it was a nice little awkward reunion with your exes. Oh, and then on the red carpet, Wells Adams was also there doing some coverage for E.
0: Yep. Um, he kissed Tyler on the cheek, which is like now a GIF everywhere. (laughs) And that was bachelor nation broadcast for the week. Uh, we're going to move right into our main discussion this week, which is Bachelor breakups The night you started kissing all your friends. Kiss, kiss. So
1: to define what we mean by bachelor breakups, we're focusing on on on-camera breakups between a lead and a contestant rather than post-show splits. And some of these are ones that most fans would consider most memorable. Others are ones that have really stuck out to us. And we've discussed the switcheroos of Ari and Jason in the past, so we're not focusing on those today. And we're focusing on some that we hope we'll bring back some big bachelor memories for
0: you. Yeah. So we're going to start with a real, like, uh, I hate to say like home run of breakups, <laughs> but like, this is a mega one, you know? Yeah. Um, and that is a fairly recent one. Rachel Lindsay and Peter Krause from Rachel's season, bachelorette season 13. Rachel is a tourist, Peter is a Pisces. My perfect match. <laughs> Wait, why?
1: Virgo Peter. and Pisces.
0: She's a Taurus. Peter. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Taurus and Pisces, <laughs> yes. Um, so, a little bit... A background on this pairing. A Pisces may not understand a Taurus's materialistic approach to life. Uh, The dependability of a Taurus is the anchor Pisces needs from drifting into a private sea fantasy. Hardworking Taurus is a good example for a lazy Pisces. I don't don't consider Peter lazy. Uh, Taurus is practical and helps Pisces through changing moods. Um, Pisces is a little fae for Taurus, but there's a strong sexual match between the two, which I think was like, pretty evident throughout the season. Yes, very um, much so. Pisces is subtle and intuitive. Uh, is that not Peter K to a T? I think so, yeah. I think so. Uh, Pisces is a big bundle of feelings. They often get caught up in what's going on around them. Uh, quote, the more people lean on you, the weaker you are. In terms of Taurus, we've talked a lot about uh Rachel being like dependable, the one others count on. Uh and that uh, also like also most recently we've talked about Taurus's uh persevering nature. And and we've talked about Rachel in the past. Um, we really like connected her to that trait of um, what am I saying? Stubbornness. In the past yeah. It- We have really connected Rachel to the stubbornness often attributed with Tauruses. Um, But again, I think in terms of the Peter and Rachel relationship, we can see perseverance and stubbornness kind of like walking a very fine line. Mm -hmm. You feel me? We'll get into it. So this um, breakup, I feel like started the trend of in recent years very long on-camera breakups yes definitely yeah um they were on a one-on-one what was it no it was final two stage yeah it was like their last
1: date before proposal stage
0: so like a fantasy suite or no
1: no it would have been after the fantasy suite okay
0: so there wasn't any, I, I'm asking because they were in like a little like apartment kind of thing. It was like a little yeah. home, a homey kind of date thing. Um, so yeah, they were there when it all went down. essentially the reason for this breakup is because Rachel from the beginning had this vision that she was leaving the bachelorette engaged. And throughout her entire season, she just did not stray from that idea, that vision. Again, speaking to the stubbornness and the perseverance of the Taurus. Peter, I I think, was very upfront in telling her, I don't know how early on he, like, started to voice this, but he was like, you know, I just don't know if I'll be able to get there. Mm -hmm. And clearly there was an attraction. I mean, Rachel kept him on for a while, and then it just like got to this point where you know, final rose day was like tomorrow and peter's like i'm not gonna be able to get there blah 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 okay let's let's get into this some more yes um, okay so like we said day before final rose peter's saying that he does not think he'll be able to propose to her by the end of the season aka tomorrow um so let me think oh So in terms of Pisces getting caught up in what's going on around them, there could be the possibility that the bachelor stigma of broken engagements really got to Peter and it like really effed with his mind space. Um, Rachel did not like this at all because she felt that Peter was just being super indecisive in this whole thing. And she was very firm about wanting to be with someone who knew what they wanted to do. Even though Peter's saying like, hey, I don't (laughs) want to propose to you, is knowing what he wanted to do, you know?
1: Yeah, and he still wanted to be with her. It was more so the idea of proposing and committing to that because to him, engagement was forever. And I think the term Uh engagement is so loose in Bachelor Nation because contestants have said it, even if you're engaged, you're essentially dating.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. And... Some some of them have such long engage. Well, I mean, year long engagements are fine. Yeah, yeah. I feel like year, two years, it's like it's the standard. Um, yeah. So, Rach was just not about that. And Peter says, "Quote." Then go find someone you can have a mediocre life with. I when Ouch. I rewatched
1: this clip and heard that quote I was like oh I remember this I remember the gut punch (laughs) it felt like very real to me and I And then I think Peter has just kind of faded into obscurity a little bit which I think good for him because he's you know taken what he needs from Bachelor Nation and kind of gotten out but it just felt very much not breaking the fourth wall but it felt real in a way that it hadn't in a while at that point
0: Yeah, and I want to point also to why I think it felt so real in this note you have here about it being, like, a very reluctant goodbye. Like, you can tell Rachel didn't want to let him go. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is
1: why I don't believe it when she says that she knew it was always Brian. Me
0: neither. But now I find it hard because I like Brian now. Yeah. I think, like, real time... Everyone was so like it was such a clear split between Team Peter, Team Brian. Yeah, because but Brian was edited Brian. well. Yeah, I don't think anyone was Team Brian. <laughs> hey, there were some, there were some people out there. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know, and it's also just Peter's demeanor. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think Peter. I mean, throughout the season, we never heard him say things like that. He was yeah. always never got involved in the drama was always super level-headed um and then he's like coming out here making these statements it's crazy um Mm -hmm. in their reunion on the after the final rose special rachel said to peter quote the whole focal point on us was the fact that you wouldn't propose my emotion that you see comes from what i had experienced in my prior for relationships i just don't think this world this process this journey this show is for you you need more time you need to see things through um i remember it being very tense on after the final rose still
1: yeah it was very much like not things left unsaid but almost as if rachel had had just a total shift which i get because she was all committed to brian so she wasn't gonna leave that door to peter open but it just felt and maybe that's part of rachel's taurus like i have no need for you anymore i'm just gonna close this door and be done with it
0: yeah and i also think she like in a sense, had to put up that front as well to just kind of convince us all that she made the right decision, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: And obviously everything's fine now. Rachel and Brian are married and Peter's off with his dog and his gym, which, a fine Peter, but, you know, we have a different Peter that we have to watch now.
0: We all know I'm I'm not happy about it. (laughs) But... Also, I can't, as much as I want it to be a thing, I can't see Peter K as a bachelor.
1: Very true. I think, again, since he was so set on only proposing once to Uh, to be his wife forever, I don't see him going into it now. And if he did, it would be like another Ari situation where like five years from now, they dig him up.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Maybe.
1: Well, then there was the whole thing when Ari was selected, Peter kind of alluding to the fact that he turned down the position and was now regretting it. But that's another story.
0: Peter K. Just keeping us wanting more. <laughs> all of us. Um, yeah. That, and that's our first, our first couple. Everyone, I'm going to link the uh, playlist Kristen made of clips so you can go and relive. This Rachel, Peter K craziness.
1: And moving on to our next couple, we have Charlene Joint and Juan Pablo Galaviz from The Bachelor season 18. They are a Virgo-Aquarius pair. So I get to delve into true Virgo <laughs> vibes with this. According to our book, the Virgo and the Aquarius are both rational and intellectual, and they view love in the abstract, which is basically where their similarity ends. Each have their own distant quality as the Virgo is cautious about giving off emotions while the Aquarius' thoughts are in quote far off clouds. The Aquarius is more outgoing and inventive and the Virgo is more reserved and practical and the couple might not even make it as friends.
0: Wow. That's
1: intense. Mm. Yeah, we'll get into that. They have an interesting dynamic, these okay. two. So the Aquarius which I think fits with Very much on his season Mm. is described our book as bad caps. I feel like I should say that with an accent. (laughs) Walking between bad caps. caps. (laughs) Who refuse to follow the crowd and go their own way. They like being different and their inflexibility shows up when others least expect it. But the nicest part about the Aquarius is that they don't judge. And on the other hand, the real drama of the Virgo's personality is interior, which I agree with very much. They give off the vibe of calm authority, but underneath, they're aware of their nerves, restlessness, and wanting to
0: rearrange and improve things. Charlene was a very worldly opera
1: singer from Canada originally, and she was living in Germany at the time of the show, who JP was immediately attracted to. Charlene was a bit more skeptical and reserved about him, and he offered her the first impression rose on night one. And her response after a few (laughs) seconds of hesitation was, sure, (laughs) which had other women... A little concerned because they were like, oh, he he honored you with this rose. Why weren't you all about it? And Charlene definitely had the very intellectual approach to the whole process. Yeah, right. And she since said that she actually related to Juan Pablo a lot because they could both relate to living in different cultures and having to speak languages that weren't their native tongue. And This is quite a differentiation from what other women from this season have said about Juan Pablo. They've talked about not being able to connect with him and just not getting good vibes from him and Charlene has kind of been his sole supporter to this day. She's been very much open about the fact that she's Team Juan Pablo and on the season as she got further along she kind of got to this stagnant point where she decided if her feelings for for Juan Pablo had it improved by the end of the next week, she would leave. So when Juan Pablo asked in week seven, which is typically the week before hometown. So that's on everybody's Mm. mind, Juan Pablo asked, what do you feel about him meeting her family? And again, with a lot of hesitation and awkward pauses, she said, I, um, I think it could work. And then she admitted to the camera that it hurt to say that she wasn't sure. And in another classic exchange, Juan Pablo, who, as we've said, is just kind of, like, surface level, I think, in a lot of these conversations, he said, I like when you think, and Charlene in classic Virgo (laughs) was like, I don't. I wish I was a little dumber. (laughs) Oh, my God. I get it. Like, you get so wrapped up in your thoughts that you're like, I wish I could just be a little more simple-minded. Totally. And then... Later that evening, Charlene finally confessed that she couldn't stay. She told Juan Pablo, I don't know if I can get to the place I'm supposed to be at. And she told him that she still rarely feels about people like she feels about him. Classic Virgo.
0: I feel like that's so intense. Like, who says things like that? Says Virgo's what? Virgos, what's going on? Like, um, that they rarely feel about people? That they yeah. feel about them? Yeah. Really? I
1: feel like I would say something like that. What? Yeah. If it was that kind of situation, yeah. I feel like it's intense. Oh. Well, Burgos have a lot going on. Juan oh, sure. <laughs> Pablo was pretty cool about her choice to leave, but he did say a little tearily... You have to have Aww. guts to be honest in this situation. Which always left me with the impression that uh. JP might have treated Charlene the best of all his women. Like, she's a very classy and educated lady and she's supportive of him. So it says something that she's like that. All the other women on his season seem a little scarred by him.
0: I think it was so interesting for me like, going through and reading kind of your written, like, summary. <laughs> Guys, Kristen makes these, like, amazing outlines for me. But I'm reading your little written summary of this couple. I feel like I got more out of this context than like watching them in videos. Oh, really? Which hasn't Mm -hmm. happened before, but Charlene just strikes me as the kind of person that was just like very in tune of herself and Mm -hmm. didn't shift or compromise that at all to try to connect with Juan Pablo. And that's why they did connect in a sense you get what yes. I'm saying yeah I can see that and I don't know if it has to do with like like you mentioned that cultural competency of just like shifting through cultures or yeah just like her not taking a shit but it, I also reading this I was like wow this doesn't really sound like the Juan Pablo we know like he doesn't seem like that much of a scumbag if
1: yeah, this it was a girl was really like
0: being caught up with him and he's Yeah, it seems like he really tried with her. Yeah,
1: and he didn't even really seem to like his actual choice that much compared to Charlene. And I think Charlene has said that had she stuck around, she feels like she definitely would have gotten a hometown and that would have been like her last straw. There was
0: no way she could have <laughs> her parents and seriously said,
1: I wanna marry this guy. <laughs>
0: Oh, dang. Would you say that Charlene was an outlier among the women on the season?
1: Yes, I know that she got along with them and she was Mm -hmm. close friends with a few of them after the season, but she was definitely, she definitely stood out as the type of woman that isn't on The Bachelor a lot. Interesting, just like a whole
0: different vibe.
1: Yeah. And she's also part of the Bachelor New York crowd, which we know is like kind of our people. Like you can always sort of tell, (laughs) like it's she, like there have been pictures of her and Michael G and Jacqueline hanging out with the women from the Here to Make Friends podcast. And she has like a very, I wouldn't say Northeast vibe, but just a very like New York worldly vibe that I think you don't often see on the show.
0: Yeah, and that and that would speak to the um Aquarius wanting to pursue something different. Mm-hmm. I was keeping it cray. Um, I-, I will say I feel like this kind of restored some faith for me in Juan Pablo. Maybe he's not all that bad. If yeah, he's you he's hold your something. own <laughs> if you hold your own and, like, call him out on his shit. Which I feel like Charlene did. Yes, and she has said that she's
1: married now to a very hot salt and pepper guy, but she has said that Juan Pablo has met her husband and that they talk about boxing. That is
0: so weird. <laughs> also, Look her up course, on Instagram. Her husband is very
1: cute.
0: <laughs> okay, I will. Yeah. That's cool. Um, speaking of New York crowd, we're moving on to our next pair, uh, a fave of mine, Jacqueline Trumbull and Ari Lyondyke from Ari's season of the bachelor that season 22. So I just want to point out that Jacqueline was actually my pick to win Ari's season and she made it way farther than people thought she would have. That's true. Agreed.
1: Yeah,
0: she. I feel like. I mean, I don't. Don't know Charlene all that well, but I feel like Jacqueline also gives off that like classy vibe. Definitely. You know, yeah. also like a different kind of. I wouldn't say she was shy, but she was just kind of quiet. Like, mm-hmm. got along with people, but definitely did her own thing. Kind of seemed a little introverted. I really like Jacqueline. Love her a lot. Jacqueline is a Gemini. Interesting. Wouldn't have pegged her for one. <laughs> Ari is a Virgo. LOL. Hey. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's something to brag about. It, that's true. No,
1: I was more like cheering the Virgo. rather The than representation.
0: Audience, but... <laughs> um, so yeah, a Gemini Virgo pairing. Um, both have a mental approach to life. Virgo's analytical approach comes off uh, as indifferent to gems. Virgo's are critical while gems are tactless and a gem's eye is certain to rove. Um, We'll get a little more into that later. We're
1: trying very hard not to analyze our friendship with this reading.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Virgo's is specific to Virgo's quote. People like to check their plans with you before putting them into action because you have microscopic vision when it comes to detecting a flaw. They believe life should be approached rationally, um, hence why Ari understood Jacqueline's concerns um, and didn't really fight her on them and we'll get more into that in the background on them. And then Gemini, of course, we gotta mention the duality being the most famous trait. They want more than one of everything. Gems have urgent and continual need to communicate. A quick mind explains any action. They defend any position, justify any course. So, again, we got to bring up this week seven, which KP mentioned, usually week before hometowns. Um, mm-hmm. This is uh, at RE season, they were in Italy at this point, and this is when Jacqueline started to voice her doubts on their relationship kind of came out of the blue. I don't think Jacqueline had even gotten that much screen time before. This well, they episode. had a one-on-one
1: in Paris right before this. And that's when they first talked about concerns about their relationship affecting her PhD plans.
0: Again, I feel like it just did come out of nowhere for people who were not on the Jacqueline bandwagon like me. Um, yes, Kristen said it all in a nutshell. Jacqueline was concerned about her connection with Ari. She wasn't really feeling it. She was feeling her PhD and that was not something she was about to give up. "Quote: I don't think that introducing somebody to my family after a date where I had doubts is like the right thing to, the right way to go about my relationship. Um, Jacqueline did not trust herself to make the decision on her own, or more so, I feel like she just wanted to like speak it out and yeah. like share her thoughts with Ari. I feel like that's as a gem, something I find myself doing all the time. Like I, I definitely second guess decision, of course, because gems are hyper indecisive. Uh, I really just like to talk out big, like life decisions like this with people. So she went to Ari. Was very like. Upfront about the situation. Um, and then she said, the line of the season. Well, <laughs> I I'm love worried, this line. I'm worried I'm going to end up in Scottsdale with you, married, and wonder, like, how did I get here? And I'm like, bro. true. <laughs> because S- Scottsdale is kind of, like, hyper-suburbia. It's like retirement community. It's, I feel like... <laughs> If I wasn't from Westchester, I'd be like, yo. (laughs) I feel like Scottsdale is second in suburbia only to Westchester. (laughs) Um, But yeah, kind of a nightmare for like a New York PhD student. That's true. Kind of to get stuck in that like conventional family, like family life, housewife. I I don't even know. Ari sells like real estate. It's weird. It's just weird. Um, So Jacqueline tells Ari that there are other women who are definitely willing to join him in that vision of life in Arizona. Um, and she decides to leave, even though Ari definitely still wants her to stay. Jacqueline says afterward that Ari is quote, perfect in every way and that she sucks at being happy, which is like so sad, <laughs> but so relatable. Well, at the time of the episode, Kristen actually wrote a piece um, on her campus, which is a website. We'll link it in the episode notes, um, where she talked about Jacqueline's decision being a case. I'm just going to quote it. Quote, Jacqueline's case is also a circumstance of the female contestant having a way more impressive career path than the male lead. Perhaps if Ari was closer to Jacqueline's age, Unless set in his own ways, Jacqueline wouldn't have to feel that her dreams negatively affect this relationship. Jacqueline ultimately choosing to accept her own validation over Ari's was a great example of winning the guy not always being the best prize. Um, I think we've, in previous episodes, we've talked about uh, the Northeastern mindset and Jacqueline, yes. like another recent refreshing reminder of it's it's not all about the relationship. Like sometimes you really do need to choose yourself and the path you've already kind of established and not just give it all up for a month of being on TV.
1: Yeah, um, that's so- what worries me about some Bachelor contestants. Like they yeah. abandon their careers and go to become Instagram stars. But you don't know how stable that is.
0: I know it, it. It that was like a big concern for me with um Rachel for a while. Yeah, I'm like girl, uh-huh. well, no, you're Got a
1: bunch of stuff. She's got her ESPN gig. I She's know. got. She goes on
0: GMA. She's fine. and it was a dream of hers to do that ESPN thing. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I mean, Ari had a horrible edit. So I think if Jacqueline had chosen to stay over this, like phd program people would have rioted i think i would have led the riot yeah (laughs) um so i was very content with this breakup and it it happened super quickly
1: yeah and i remember twitter kind of reacting a similar way like hating the fact that the show was portraying jacqueline's ambition as a falling as a fallback Mm -hmm. in this relationship
0: it's like no Jacqueline you do you don't suck at being happy don't look at it as a fallback that's why you're not being happy I hope she's like finished with her program by now I think she's at Duke now I love her she's gorgeous and I love her hair like her hair in this clip is just like so thick and wavy I I love everything about her. Her style, her like skin, everything. Love Jacqueline. More more people like Jacqueline. Low-key gems. Cool.
1: And now moving on to another very memorable breakup. This one is between Desiree Hartsock and Brooks Forrester from The Bachelorette season nine. Similar to the Rachel Peter Bryan scenario. This was another case of the Bachelorette getting engaged very quickly after saying to the man that was portrayed as her frontrunner. But first, the astrological breakdown, Des is an Aries, and some sources I found said that Brooks is a Capricorn, others said Cancer. The more accurate-seeming sources lean towards Cancer, and I couldn't find any birthday hints on his Instagram, so we're gonna go with Cancer. The Aries Cancer is fascinated with each other from the beginning. Their physical attraction fades in the face of temperamental differences. The Aries leaps without looking while the Cancer is cautious. The more aggressive the Aries is, the more defensive the Cancer becomes. Ultimately, this has too little compatibility to work with. And an Aries is a natural leader who exudes self-confidence. And for them, the chase is always more thrilling than reaching the goal, which I think we see a lot with Dean, another Aries, and they're willing to take a gamble and pursue with enthusiasm. And they can speak without thinking and ingre- regret or impulsiveness. While the cancer, which fits very much with Brooks in this scenario, is a series of contradictions. They prize security above all else. They yet love new adventures. They can be fragile, unpredictable, and they want to be loved and approved of, but resent needing approval so badly. The cancer has an instinct for making others feel cared for and understood.
0: All right, KP, give me the background on this because I feel like Aries Cancer, this is such an interesting uh, pairing, but contextualize it.
1: Yes, it was honestly very similar to the Rachel Peter Bryan edit. Mm. Brooks kind of emerged as this early favorite. He was quiet i want to say i have watched some of these episodes um somewhat recently and i don't remember there really being a standout guy there were a lot of like early villains who weren't villains in the sense that they are today that quickly left there was some two-on-one date drama involving michael g and a single dad contestant who was like Mm -hmm. (laughs) accused of um using his son for like attention basically (laughs) and then Michael G yelling about how they all went to church on Easter and this one guy did not and then he was like there were Catholics there and Mormons and Jewish people (laughs) it was yeah very nice Michael G moment but then yeah (laughs) Burks was there just chilling for the whole thing and around his hometown date he kind of hinted to his family that he wasn't really sure about what he wanted and how he felt in this scenario so at the final three stage This led to our breakup moment. Brooks seemed like the front runner, but he had his reservations and he came clean about them and told Des the truth and said in this goodbye, I really want to be madly in love with you. And she knew where he was going with it instantly, broke down, asked why he waited until that point to say something. And he claimed that he didn't know he wasn't ready and he had to ask himself if they saw their relationship lasting after the show and if it was worth pursuing after the show and a quote that I took from that moment was I don't feel it I don't feel like moments apart are hard enough and watching this again kind of brought me into the point of is that view of quote-unquote true love a little too codependent is it a little too fairy tale-ish for people in their late 20s at that point to still be sticking
0: to listen here's my hot take on it anything we see on the bachelor or the bachelorette is all really just should be. How do I explain this? Everything we see on the bachelor and the bachelorette needs to be seen through the lens of infatuation, no Mm. matter how deep of a connection they make. It's all, I mean, it all happens within four or five weeks, right? Yeah. So that, in any relationship, is the kind of stage where, like, you do kind of feel literally pained when you're away from people. And I think it speaks to why some contestants make these, like, grandiose gestures to, like, get attention and just have more time with the bachelor or the bachelorette. Um, That's true.
1: And I've also read in interviews with contestants that since they're sequestered from the outside world, they have producers Uh prodding at their heads and they've been in interviews with producers and then the producers kind of feed into the thought that the lead is madly in love with them and that they're perfect together and that they're going to get married and live happily ever after. So I feel like that interference also has something
0: to do with it. That is so twisted. Mm -hmm. Oh God, that is skeevy. I feel like that's something I would completely fall for.
1: Yeah. And then later in this moment, Dez told Brooks, I love you. You're the only one I say, I can say that to. And she was going to tell him that later that day, which upset Brooks that she didn't say it earlier.
0: Um, definitely sounds like a lot of Dez just um, being that Aries and willing to take the gamble, you know? Like, I don't know how yeah. short she was with... Um, where brooks was at but she was like i'm just gonna go full force and uh didn't pan out Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and she told him that she had been conflicted in her other relationships at that point because she didn't want to share her heart she wanted to give it to brooks but obviously brooks left she sent who was kind of her runner-up by proxy home and then Chris proposed, and she said yes, and they're now married. And I feel like that is even more... Yes, you know Des and Chris. Yes. (laughs) But that felt... Because Chris... He wasn't... He didn't get an evil edit like Brian did, but I think it was even more kind of just like a meh edit.
0: So... The guy... Brooks was her number one. He left. She yeah. sent the runner-up home. And yeah. ended up with... Chris? Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, like... She really liked Chris? Or do you think it was in the post... Um, season Ag- that they really developed?
1: Again, I think it was kind of like... A Rachel scenario. Where they both felt that way but maybe the intensity of the experience brought up okay. these feelings with these other guys and it's interesting now to mm-hmm. see in both des and Rachel scenarios they're married to their final picks and the runner-up that the audience believed they really loved are both still single
0: weird man not uh, des and chris yep i'm looking at pics of them now how long ago was the season this was 2015. Oh, yeah, say, yeah. No, it 20 like, No, 2013. It doesn't look like super
1: long ago. Yeah, 2013 Acute. I to say. Yeah. Before we wrap up on that, seeing Brooks in the cancer perspective, I really think that the cancer point of wanting security, but the love of adventure kind of trumping that maybe played into his freak out, especially now, like, looking at his Instagram just this week, it was a lot of travel pics. I think he models. So it seemed very much like he didn't mind not settling down at
0: that point. I think it was, like, a half and half. It was, like, how far can I push this? Mm-hmm. Um, but also a certain degree of investment where he really did want to see like is is this what I want and uh, how long before I realized oh it, it's not something I want yeah. to be pursuing which is crazy Frank and end. now yeah <laughs> and now
1: another old school bachelor breakup Ali Fedotowski with Frank on Bachelorette season six. So, this is a season that I only caught bits and pieces of towards the end, so I didn't see this in real time, but I remember it being a big deal at the time and seeing clips afterwards. Ali Fedotowski is a Virgo and Frank is a Taurus. And I discovered this because I found a 2012 tweet from him thanking people for birthday messages
0: in early May, Whoa. which is a very Almost like 2012 on Twitter thing. in 2012. <laughs> no, I was deaf on Twitter in 2012. You're right. And
1: going into the astrological reading of this, the Virgo is analytical while the Taurus is sensuous, but their strong passions spark the Virgo. In that case they make quote unquote lovely love. <laughs> they're practical, <laughs> down to earth, have much in common, and they're both homebodies and like money. And Ooh. the Virgo's rational approach and Taurus's persistence are good are a good money-making combo. And like we've talked about many times before, the Virgo tends to have difficulty getting in touch with deeper feelings. And they need to know the why and how of everything because no problem is ever simple for them. And they're valued for their ability to create order out of confusion. And on the other hand, the Taurus has the patience to see a thing through and make it a success. But there's a lot of activity going on underneath their easygoing exterior, which I can see that being a major similarity with the Virgo. And they're driven by a search for security, and their personality is private and self-contained. And they need order in their life, and they get anxious if things are out of their control. So I actually see a lot of similarities between the two that I hadn't realized mm. before. Yeah, I could see that for sure. So this scenario was another case of everything going to hell at the Final Three oh. stage. Frank was also a bit of a front runner in alley season. And at this final three stage, Frank told Chris Harrison that he was in love with his ex-girlfriend. And he told Allie that he thought seeing his ex while back in Chicago for his hometown date would give him closure and allow himself to give all that he has to Allie. And this reunion, as far as I know, wasn't filmed. And he claimed to Allie that all of his old feelings for his ex rushed back when he saw her. And they didn't really talk it through. Ali was just like, "Well, goodbye," and then that ended. Yeah. It's it a very quick and inconclusive goodbye compared to some of these other moments.
0: That's what I thought watching the breakup too. Like it was so, um, like normal and underwhelming in a sense. Like you know, Frank just came out and said it, and Allie got upset, like understandably, and then it, it was over before it even started.
1: Yeah, and I think also looking at the moment, I think Frank looked like such a normal guy. Like yes. he was cute, but he also looked so normal that I think that's like about 10 years ago, I want to say. And looking uh-huh. at that, you can see, wow, they used to cast like normal dudes on the passionate.
0: <laughs> and I feel like the way like his facial expressions and everything through that breakup, like he just seems so earnest about him Mm. thinking that seeing his ex was the right thing to do, that myself watching just that clip, like, couldn't be mad at him for it.
1: Yeah, he he was honest.
0: He was upfront with her about it. I'm sure with his ex, he was also like, hey, I'm at this point on the show with this girl, like, I'm trying to cut ties with you, and, you know, it just, like, didn't work, and you can't help who you love. It's kind of what I feel like the tagline for this breakup is. You can't Mm. help who you love.
1: Yeah. And these circumstances, when I thought about it while outlining, it kind of got me thinking about whether production was involved in this meeting with the ex-girlfriend, because I've read so much about contestants only being allowed to see their family on hometown dates with cameras there. They're Mm. never with anyone from their regular lives outside of the televised date time. So I was just kind of curious. I didn't do a deep dive to see if this has been talked about since, but I was very curious about how Frank would see his ex before returning to filming.
0: I feel like even if production was involved, there's no way like any of it was filmed. Yeah. How would they pass up? How would they pass up not showing that, you know? True. True. I think yeah, it's more I'm- of,
1: like, how did he manage that? Like, how did he make that connection when they don't have their phones? They're not allowed right. to go off on their own.
0: Yeah, I'm sure if they had those restrictions, like, someone had to be involved. I don't know. Maybe it was an easy out for him. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows?
1: <laughs> and he did get married this year, but not to the girlfriend he left the show for.
0: Wow! well, tease me out. Dang, but Allie is also married. Yes, married
1: with two kids. Her bachelor engagement ended about a year after her finale aired.
0: Okay. Okay, and our final couple of this episode is super recent. We have Colton Underwood and Cassie Randolph from... Colton season of The Bachelor, that's, that's Bachelor season 23. Colton and Cassie are an Aquarius-Taurus pairing, which is also the same pairing as Rachel and Brian, um, which is just funny because Rach and Colton have had all these recent clashes about things. Um, so an Aquarius, again, they have that careless attitude towards love, Um, And that baffles and enrages a passionate Taurus who doesn't want someone to play with. Um, Again, Aquarius refuses to be conventional. We have Colton, you know, being open about his virginity and all that while a Taurus adheres to values of family and security. We know Cassie really valued her dad's opinion on um, her future with Colton and such. Specific to an Aquarius, uh, they refuse to compromise or give even an inch. They have a mix of avant-garde thinking, whose opinions are written in stone. They strike off on new paths, unbound by precedent, and they're full of information and search for more. Specific to a Taurus, Tauruses are not fond of change. They can't be rushed into anything new, hence um, Cassie's hesitation into possible engagement etc they're driven by a search for security they look for permanence in career love marriage home those sectors yeah um as we all know i didn't really watch Colton season because i was annoyed so mm-hmm. i'm gonna let Kristen give more context on them
1: Yes, we all know how this went. Um, (laughs) Well, going back to your Aquarius-Taurus description, I actually think in this breakup moment, and obviously they're together now, so it ended happily, but it was quite the thing at the time. Um, The Aquarius feeling careless towards love and the passionate Taurus not wanting someone to play with actually kind of sounds like Colton and Cassie in reverse in this scenario. So as we know, Cassie was afraid about this bachelor experience ending with engagement because she wasn't sure if she was ready for that. And she really opened up to her parents about that on both her hometown date and her dad showed up in Portugal for I think it was Portugal for the fantasy sweet week. And she was very open about how she didn't feel like she was at that level of love that she saw between her parents and she didn't want to commit to something Mm. less than that for life. And during her fantasy suite week with Colton, after her dad encouraged her to be honest with herself and Colton, she came clean about not being able to get to where she needed to be and that she planned to leave that night. And Mm. Colton was very insistent that he was in this for her And he didn't see the point of continuing the experience if she wasn't there. And Cassie was kind of classic Cassie at the moment and just kind of saying, I don't know. I don't know. I just wish I knew. And watching it again tonight, it felt like watching them together, like kind of mumble for this. It felt like they were that high school sweetheart couple in the stairwell of a college freshman dorm who's like casually breaking up as everyone's walking around them on a Friday night.
0: It, it was so interesting too, because <laughs> Kathy at one point said, uh, kind of further into the breakup, like, I just want you to be with someone that like loves you so much. Like there are all these girls that love you so much. And then she was like, I love you so much. Yeah. Like, but Kathy, She didn't even what? say it
1: that passionately
0: though. She no, was just not like, at all, very, no. like,
1: I love you so much.
0: <laughs> She confuses me. I just, I don't even know.
1: It was very odd. And I just remember the memes on Twitter of a screenshot of her face being something along the lines of, When you go on The Bachelor to shield Sugar Bear hair, and then he falls in love with you. And it's just her <laughs> looking like caress fallen, like, oh no, what have I done? Stop, Kristen! <laughs> That's so weird. And... To be fair, Cassie and the show did not seem very into Colton, but she was like a different person on After the Final Rose when they debuted as a couple, and on their press tour immediately after, she seemed very happy, but going back to the actual breakup, Cassie leaving drove Colton up a wall, and literally to the fact that
0: he lunged himself over a fence. Um, Colton's? entire reaction to this was so extreme mm. um when they were inside still having that conversation he was shaking yeah. shaking and like that freaked cassie out she was like what is going on right now um very interesting
1: yeah and i think colton was almost so extremely in aquarius that he didn't Mm -hmm. like having to give in to the bachelor production game of like these rules. I think at that point he was willing to be like, well, screw these rules. I'm just going to do whatever I can to be with you, which eventually he did. But it was still obviously new to the bachelor format and Cassie being not fond of change. Right. This like, the way that they went about it it seemed very much kind of colton easing himself into her life rather than the other way around
0: yeah here's my question about this whole thing was colton throughout his season like very hell-bent on wanting to be engaged by the end of it or was this like a whole big fuss over nothing
1: um i think he said he was ready for it, but he, he wasn't was okay. as hell bent on it as, say, Rachel was. Right. So like, if anything, he was what? more hell bent on explaining to the women that he wasn't a virgin for like any huh. religious reasons. It was more so uh, okay. because he just wanted to wait for the right person.
0: Yeah, yeah, personal choice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I feel like this just whole this scenario just escalated for no reason. Literally for no reason. Because yeah. Cassie's Cassie, like her nonchalance. Why why it was the most the most nonchalant contestant involved in the one of the most grandiose breakups of Bachelor Nation.
1: Yeah, and I guess you wouldn't have seen this, but during Hometown Week when Kaylin was eliminated. She hugged Cassie goodbye, and she whispered, get engaged.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> and Cassie was
0: just, like, wide-eyed, like, why <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know Kaylin made it that far. Yeah. That's kind of wild. Um, so they're, like, friends? Yeah, that was the whole
1: edit. They were best friends, and then all the oh, other God. women were convinced that they were not there for the right reasons because they overheard uh, Kaylin and Cassie on a bus to a location when cameras weren't on talking about them becoming Bachelorette if one of them did not end up with Colton.
0: That's wild. It's quite the C- scenario. I'm just saying, Cassie would not have become Bachelorette. No, I don't think so. Because she had no personality on the show. Yeah. Well, same.
1: <laughs> that's why just... I'm so glad I ended up with Hannah B because all of the other women that were in oh, contention, they either had oh no personality God. or they were Kaylin.
0: I wish Hannah G had ended up Bachelorette. Uh, she didn't have much because personality. Then, because then Dylan would be single.
1: Not necessarily. They would have picked the same men pretty much. It could have clicked. Oh,
0: shit. Oh, yeah. oh. Ooh. I don't know how Dylan would stand up in a crowd like that. <laughs> True. And before closing on <laughs> Cassie and
1: Colton, just a shout-out to Evan Bass's tweet from the fence jump moment. The only person who's is Fence. I don't get it. Like, he was saying... Oh, At this point oh, in the oh, season. Oh. The only okay. one I know. Is- <laughs>
0: okay. I yeah. le- I read that in the notes and was like, I don't get it. I need to ask Kristen <laughs> to explain. <laughs> um, <laughs> Later. All right, everyone. And that brings us to the end of episode 11, our Bachelor break- Breakups episode. Our next episode after this will air on Thanksgiving Day. If you have any suggestions on topics we should cover on the episode, feel free to shoot us a message on Twitter or Instagram or send us an email. It's all on the roses at gmail.com. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.